All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America, and happy Thursday. A busy day. The budget discussions on Capitol Hill came to a collapse. Kevin McCarthy sent everybody home. That doesn't mean there's not a lot going on behind the scenes. There is actually a lot of discussions, a lot of meetings, a lot of negotiations. I don't think that there's going to be a resolution right away, but they're talking. They're having a meaningful conversation, and I think that that's really important. We've got some great guests who are right in the thick of this debate, as well as the thick of the rising impeachment inquiry next week, the first hearing on Thursday. Joining us at the top of the show, Marjorie Taylor Greene from the great state of Michigan. She's become a major player between the conservatives, the moderates, but she today thwarted Kevin McCarthy, who thought he was going to get at least a defense appropriations bill passed, one of the 12 that have to get passed. She cast a deciding against it. I don't think Kevin McCarthy was prepared for that. She's going to come on the show, explain that. Also explain what's going on, which is these failures and lost battles now may actually be a movement towards actually winning a war at the end. We'll see how that plays out in the second half of the show. Congressman Jeff Van Drew from the state of New Jersey. He is always a fascinating person. He is one of the best questioners. When you get into some of these oversight hearings, there are great moments. He had a moment with Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg earlier this week where he really drilled down on an issue that you would think the Transportation Secretary would know something about, a plan to move illegal immigrants onto the federal backed airport, and he really pinned Buttigieg down. It's an important moment. I want to go through that as well as he was also there for the questioning of I know nothing, Attorney General Merrick Garland, who oftentimes simply couldn't answer questions about his own department. Congressman Van Drew is going to speak about that so much more. The impeachment inquiry, that's a big moment coming up. The elevation of people like Clapper, Brennan, and Colby, three authors or three signatories of that Hunter Biden laptop is a disinformation letter, which it wasn't. We're going to have, Congressman's going to weigh on on all of that, including the budget fight as well. She, he's right in the middle of that. And that is also going to be a great addition to the lineup today. So we're very lucky to have, oh, one other one today. I, I, you know, a lot of times we talk about politics as culture, culture as politics. The two follow each other hand in hand. That's particularly true in the education system now. Education, political policy, often dictated by education, culture, policy. John Tillman is one of the most cogent voices in the battle over culture in America today. He runs a group that has, I think, had a really significant role in highlighting the role the teachers union have had in changing the education system, as well as other unions around the world. John Tillman's going to join us. We're going to wrap up the show with him. A really interesting conversation, a lot of food for thought. We'll have that right after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time 
IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. We're going to stay right on the extraordinary debate going on on the floor of Congress right now. Republicans voting their conscience, sticking to their guns, maybe actually doing what the American people sent them to do. Our next guest, she's right in the thick of it, uh, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia. She is voting the way she told her voters or her constituents she would do. Congresswoman, good to have you on the show. A pretty dramatic day today, no? Yeah, it's been a, it's been quite a busy day. Um, and you're absolutely right, John. I'm voting exactly the way I told my constituents I would vote. But I'm also voting the same way I've been telling my colleagues I would vote for weeks and weeks now. So they shouldn't have been surprised today. No, nope. you mean what you say and you say what you mean. It's pretty simple. It doesn't, uh, you're, you're not one of these guys that go out there and say, I'm going to vote this. Oh, I'll do the other way. Don't worry. You, you've stuck to it. And I want to step to this moment. Obviously, you, you were one of the votes against the uh, Defense Department. You're one of the biggest defenders of the Defense Department. You, you are a, a daily advocate for our men and women on the front lines. This is about getting the Ukraine money into a separate appropriation so people can vote on that separate of the big chunk, right? Absolutely. And it's it's very simple. I love our veterans. I love our military. And because I love them so much, I do not want another Korea. I don't want another Vietnam, another Iraq, another Afghanistan war where we spend trillions of dollars and we watch coffins come home draped with flags. And I think that's where we're headed. Uh, You know, people in the Senate, many of the Democrats, the Biden administration, the State Department, if they had it their way, they would put troops on the ground as soon as possible in Ukraine. And I believe now is the time that we have to stand up and stop this. And it's it's a big issue. Republican voters, a CNN poll showed 71 percent of Republican voters are against sending money to Ukraine and funding a war over there, defending Ukraine's borders and doing nothing about our borders. And then the CNN poll also showed 55 percent of all voters said they're against sending more money to Ukraine. So I'm not doing anything different than how the American people truly feel and how most of our voters feel. It's just for some reason it's taken these guys here in Washington to get a get a to truly get it through their head. Well, I think they're used to people saying yes, but they really meant no or no, and they really meant yes. And you're not one of those people, and so they're they're finding out. Well, what I'm telling you is what I mean, and it's uh, it's a new reality for some of the folks who've been on Capitol Hill a long time. Who knows that a yes might have meant a no, and a no might have meant a yes. It's just a matter of dealing. Um, I want to talk about an idea that you brought to the table. I think you're one of the first people I hear talk about this. Andy Biggs has talked about it. I think some of the people around Kevin McCarthy are now talking about it. And that is the idea of a, a, a two CR solution, which is one CR, take all the things in government that everyone's fine with and keep it going so the Americans don't pay any uh, a problem with it. And then take, you know, a hundred, two hundred billion dollars of the most ridiculous spending that we keep approving every year. Every year, the GAO finds all this duplicate spending. They never cut it out. 
uh, and and slice out 110, $120 billion, make everybody vote on it, either you're for wasteful spending or you're not. You take that off the table, you make a savings, and then you break off Ukraine as a special appropriation. It shouldn't be just lopped into the defense budget. That could potentially get enough votes to get this done, right? Uh, possibly. You know, that was something that I uh, had pitched as long as, you know, as well as my, my chief of staff. We had said we would like to see an emergency funding CR. That's a limited funding. So you're not funding all the programs. Uh, of course, with policy writers, taking out Nancy Pelosi's policy writers, um, and, and just make it a limited funding. You know, in, in 30 days is not enough. We clearly have 11 more appropriation bills we have to pass. I'm here to tell everyone that's not going to happen in 30 days. We're not even in session the first two weeks of October. Uh, so it'd have to be an extended version. Um, and then the, the second CR would be all those uh, policy riders. Uh, you know, we could put border in there and some other important things that we really need to get done. We got to do the job that we told our voters we would do. Um, and, and unfortunately, that hasn't been happening. Yeah. And when you look out now, uh, there's still a path to getting this done right. It's just got to be done the way that the Republican Party told the American public they would do it. They promised they were going to have a normal, regular order budget process. And we hit September, the third week of September. We're still not doing regular budget stuff. Uh, getting the House right the way you promised it. That's really important to the American people, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Um, we we have a lot to work out, though. We've got uh, I'm conservative, uh, but some some of the conservatives in our conference are demanding cutting spending and extraordinary low levels that our moderates are not comfortable with. Um, there's three numbers tossed out and all three of them are, are a budget cut. They're all three cutting spending under what Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi have been recklessly spending. So we, we just got to get in the room and hammer it out. But John, I've been telling everybody the whole time I've got three red lines, no money for Ukraine, no money for COVID, COVID is over, and no money for the weaponized government. And I have an amendment um, and a piece of legislation that, that can handle the special counsels that are, that are being politically used to persecute President Trump and many others. Let's talk about this, because after yesterday's performance by the Attorney General, I think a lot of people have lost even more confidence in the Justice Department. He didn't seem to know anything about his department, except for the, he did seem to have a lot of detail on the plea deal. So it seems like he was dialed in on the plea deal for Hunter Biden, the sweetheart plea deal. But almost everything else, they say he was kind of like Sergeant Schultz from Hogan Heroes. I know nothing, I know nothing. Um, that gives you an avenue to do something I know you wanted to do, which is to kind of restore the special counsel statute to the way Congress would like to do it and give Congress the budget purse. Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. Well, I even talked with this about President Trump. I've presented it to our conference here in Washington. I've talked about it with uh, Speaker McCarthy in a meeting we had yesterday. Uh, I've talked about it with Jim Jordan and several others. I've even gotten it cleared with CRS, so I know this legislation is correct and it's constitutional. Um, but to, to fund a special counsel right now, the only response, the people that have control of that is the Department of Justice itself. You know, you hear people yell, defund Jack Smith, and I've said it before myself, but we, we are unable to do it because the Department of Justice controls that slush fund. My legislation would give Congress the authority and the power to fund special counsels every single year, just like all of our other appropriation bills. This is actually the constitutional way because Congress is in charge of the checkbook, not the Department of Justice itself. Um, I had talked about it with President Trump because I wanted him to understand that this is, very, this is actually not political to move it back to Congress because a Democrat-controlled Congress would have control of that just as much as a Republican-controlled Congress would have, have of that. But I believe that's the right thing to do, is to put it back under Congress's authority. And it also gives us the power to, to actually defund Jack Smith or remove David Weiss if we have, have the, the financial controls over special counsels. Yeah. And th will this resemble more like what the old independent counsel statute was in terms of the funding mechanism? Or is there something unique that you've built that uh, specifically, you know, addresses the moment we're in in this history? No, it just is a simple appropriations process. The, the, the legislation language is actually simple. It's just repealing the Department of Justice's authority to fund special counsels. And by repealing that, it just goes directly back to us in Congress. 
and that's the right way to do it. And so if an attorney general wants to appoint a special counsel, he comes to Congress and gets an appropriation. Is that correct? That's right. He has to come to Congress and ask for the money. And that's how you balance the power. And, and, and that's how you disarm the weaponized government so that political prosecutions can't happen anymore. Yeah. And Democrats and Republicans would have an equal opportunity at that, which is exactly what the founding fathers said. I want to just step back a little bit. One danger, obviously, if there is a prolonged government shutdown, is that it could slow down what is really a fast accelerating uh, Biden impeachment inquiry. It's a big hearing next week. I think next Wednesday, the Ways and Means Committee is going to vote out some new evidence. I think people be shocked what's in there. Uh, how important is it to keep the pedal on the metal when it comes to the Biden uh, corruption case? Extremely important. And this is why I'm actually against the shutdown. We need the impeachment inquiry to keep going. Uh, you know, a shutdown doesn't stop Jack Smith's special counsel. It doesn't stop David Weiss from making sweetheart deals and continuing to cover up Hunter Biden crimes. But our impeachment inquiry is so important. It takes three powerful committees to do it. Ways and Means, Judiciary, and the ho- and House Oversight. And so this is why we have to keep doing our work. Um, we have a lot of evidence that we've subpoenaed. Um, now that we have Congress has the authority to do that, we're sending those subpoenas. And there's a lot more that the American people don't know that we need to do to continue to follow the money trail. And that's exactly what we're doing. Now, you've been so important in, in not only asking the questions, but also guiding the strategy of what uh, follow the money, follow the evidence that needs to be done to get to the bottom. This is a complex case. It isn't like the the uh, Biden's made this easy. What are for you? What are the most important pieces of evidence to get in your possession to subpoena, get in your possession over the next six weeks, so that Americans could start to learn the untold parts of this story? I'm very interested in financials. I'm interested in Hunter Biden's financials, Jim Biden, Joe Biden's brothers. We're we're going to subpoena those. Um, I'm also interested in multiple bank accounts that we're, we're, we've subpoenaed, and I want to see uh, where the money was coming in and, and who it went to, uh, where it was paid out. Those are, those are the kind of uh, lines and dots that we need to connect because that turns up more people. You see, what people need to understand is don't get impatient and demand impeaching Joe Biden. This is way past just Joe Biden. There's a lot of people involved in these these crimes. Um, and there's a massive conspiracy that has taken place for years now covering up these crimes. And that's the deep state, John. And we need the names of every single person in the federal government that has been involved in this. So important. I'll just ask you one last question. I know how busy you are, but this is an important story for me. I wrote this story yesterday about all the evidence that shows that the FBI, first in Delaware, then in Washington, tried to get a case open with prosecutors that Joe Biden's campaign may have illegally benefited from campaign uh, contributions by getting someone to pay off Hunter Biden's millions of dollars of IRS tax liabilities. Um, and both times, the FBI got shut down by the U.S. attorney in Washington, U.S. attorney in Delaware. Uh, I know it fits a pattern that you have done more than anyone to expose but pretty shocking that the FBI tried to shop at two places because they were getting frustrated in both places. The Biden Justice Department gave them the same answer. This going to become part of the cover up part of the investigation? Yeah, definitely. We need that to be part of the investigation. And I'm so glad that I'm so glad that you brought it up. John, you've done an incredible job uh, tracking down a lot of information that has been helpful to us on our committees and, and informing the American people and everyone that listens to your show and watches your show they wouldn't know about this stuff unless you were talking about it. Uh, the mainstream media certainly covered it up for so long. Um, but, you know, it's, it's very impressive. Consider the mainstream media has not reported Hunter Biden's laptop and all these stories. But yet we have most Americans, over half of Americans, believe Joe Biden is guilty of high crimes and misdemeanors. Uh, that's, that's impressive. Well, it's because it literally this this story changed the moment Republicans got control because they got the real oversight and real oversight has resulted in extraordinary revelations about what we were lied to in, 90, in uh, 2019, 2020, 2021. So pretty remarkable. I know you got a busy day. Have you, Congresswoman, so great to have you in the show. Thanks for getting us caught up. 
Absolutely. Thanks, John. We'll talk soon. You betcha. All right, folks, to go anywhere. When we come back, Congressman Jeff Van Drew from the state of New Jersey, major player, really had some great moments questioning witnesses this week at two key oversight hearings. We're going to get into that. Hey, one other thing. You know, I breathe a lot better these days. My allergy season is about a lot less severe, although a lot of other people aren't. I'm feeling better this year. Why? Because I put in a viral cleanse air purifier system in my master bedroom. My wife and I sleep better. The room is cleaner. We don't have any weird smells, no kitty litter smells. It's just an incredible improvement. And why? Because this technology is good enough for the Navy to use on naval ships. It's good enough for hospitals to use in their environments where they're trying to knock down viruses and germs to keep people safe. If you want to get an viral cleanse, unit like I do, go to ekpure.com, ekpure.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. You're going to get 10% off plus free shipping and an air monitor to let you see the improvement in the air in your house once you start running this incredible product. ekpure, ekpure.com slash JUSTNEWS or use JUSTNEWS at the promo checkout code. Either way, you're going to get 10% off. Go check them out and thank them for supporting Just the News. John Solomon reports and Just the News No Noise the television show. All right, we'll be right back with Congressman Van Drew right after these messages. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. All right, folks, so much going on Capitol Hill this week, including some very important oversight hearings. They get a little overshadowed because of the budget issues going around, but I want to drill into a couple of them. Our next guest was at the forefront of both of them. An extraordinary exchange last week between Secretary Pete Buttigieg and Congressman from the great state of New Jersey, Jeff Andrew. I want to jump into that now. We welcome the Congressman from New Jersey right now. Congressman, good to have you on. It's always good to be with you. There is this amazing operation going on where the United States government is essentially trafficking 
trafficking illegal immigrants all around the country, dropping them here, dropping them there, moving them there, moving them here. It's beyond the human trafficking potential components of this. You drill down into something that a lot of people are concerned about, that New York City's surplus of illegal immigrants might end up on federal land like at Atlantic City International Airport. You drill down to with the transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg. He didn't seem to know anything about this. Tell us why that was such an important exchange. Well, it's important, particularly in my district, but it's important for the entire country. I want your folks that are listening to understand this is not something that's just going to affect Arizona or just affect Texas or just affect California. We are bringing in such huge numbers of illegals. It's going to affect the entire country because they're going through the ports of entry. They're going through illegally. That We also have catch and release. The numbers are startling. It is a self-destructive process. No other in the country in the world would ever do this. I, I, there are no words. There really are no words. And you know what? It, it kind of bothers me that all of a sudden, the, you know, the governor of New York is startled and surprised and says we can't handle anymore, or the mayor of New York City, or quite frankly, even in South Jersey, where I am, Democrats were saying, oh, no, we don't want this. But they all of them voted for sanctuary cities, sanctuary towns, sanctuary counties. And let me tell you, when you do that, you are saying something. Words have consequences. These sanctuary cities, towns, and counties, what that means is we are going to put money into ensuring that we are able to give you legal defense, able to give you clothing, housing, um, whatever it takes, as they say. And all the cool kids on the block were doing it. Everybody was declaring, you know, New York City a sanctuary city, uh, New York State a sanctuary state, New, New Jersey, the state of New Jersey, a sanctuary state that sends a message out. These are real problems. These are truly people who are illegal, truly people, some of whom are getting through that are on the terror watch list. Not all of them are bad people, but even the decent people that are coming through are doing it the wrong way. We have the rule of law in the United States of America. We much must follow it. Um, these people, you know, have all kinds of issues, criminal issues and others. Again, not all of them, but it doesn't matter because it's all illegal. So let's tighten up our borders, button up all our borders. Now we've got all these millions upon millions that are here already, but tighten up our borders. Let's have an immigration policy that works for legal immigration, not illegal immigration. I don't know what people don't understand about illegal that are in government service. Um, it's unbelievable. So I asked Pete Buttigieg, um, because one of the sites that they are planning to put up to 60,000 of these illegals because they can't handle any more in New York is in Atlanta County, close to Atlantic City. And it's where the Atlantic City International Airport is. It is where the 177th Fighter Wing is, the FAA Technical Center, all really sensitive and important facilities uh, as far as security. And they, they're talking about putting them there up to 60,000 of them. The whole town that houses this airport only has 50,000 people. It would devastate, it would devastate New Jersey. It's a terrible thing. Now the governor says he's against it. Uh, I'm glad of that, but I don't understand why he declared us a sanctuary state. You can't say one thing and then want to do another. Nah, that's a really great point. And there's another thing that I thought came up yesterday. It's so important. Pete Buttigieg likes to fly private at five, $6,000 an hour. We, the taxpayers, pick that up. Shouldn't the uh, transportation secretary be able to fly on the same commercial flights we everyday Americans fly on? And, and, and the same commercial flights that every congressman flies in and every senator. Um, I mean, I, I know he's a, you know he's a big shot, but the reality is... Um, Everybody is the same. And, you know, sure, I know he has to travel around the country, and I don't have a problem with that, but there's no reason at all to spend this kind of money. And you want to talk about a carbon footprint, you know, one individual going private, that's a heck of a carbon footprint. Um, you know, it's always rules for thee, but not for me. And this is the way they see these folks, you know, Pete Buttigieg included, see the future of the country. Hey, we don't want this stuff. But, you know, you know, we're not going to do it, but we want you all to do it. I think really their eventual goal is just to have two classes of people, the very wealthy and everybody else. And it's wrong. And it's not what America is made of. 
exactly how the Soviet empire evolved into the rich and the have-nots. It's just extraordinary. There's another big witness that came up yesterday, uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland, who seemed to know very nothing, very little about his department. I, I, the number of times of, I don't know, I can't answer that. I don't have any understanding of that. Pretty remarkable. I think you had a really great reaction to it yesterday, but you were talking about it and said there's, you know, he seemed to try to get out of every answer without giving the American people any accountability, any visibility that he's in charge of the department. What did you take away from Attorney General Garland's appearance yesterday? Well, I took away that he thinks a lot of himself. (laughs) Secondly, uh, that holier than now, I I don't know if you saw the exchange we had regarding the undercover agents they were putting into Catholic churches. Think about this. This is America, man. In America, we have freedom of religion. And since, you know, I know they don't like the fact that, um, you know, some of these folks, you know, Knights of Columbus and others have certain views that they don't agree with, but they're not harming anybody. It's about, you know, practicing their Catholic faith. That is just one of the most awful and disturbing things I've ever heard. And he pretended he would never do anything like that. And, you know, almost like, do you know who you're talking to? And I just kept asking him over and over again. It took, I think, four or five times me asking him, do you think that Roman Catholics are domestic terrorists? And, he, you know, oh, such a notion. How can you say? No, I can say it because your FBI did it. And then they originally said, it was only, you know, when Director Ray testified that it was in only one FBI office. Lo and behold, when we subpoenaed all the information and we got some unredacted emails, no, it was in multiple offices throughout the country. This was a big plan they had, just like they do a lot of other things that are just anathema, are so wrong to us, whether it's going after parents and school boards because they really care about their kids' education and what they're being taught, or whether it's, you know, allowing these, and for those who are listening, FISA. FISA was supposed to be a way to dig in and trace really bad people when they're doing bad things, and they do go into your personal life and every aspect of your life. They misused it hundreds of thousands of times on regular everyday American citizens. They had no right to do that, and it's wrong. Um, You know, just all the things that they're involved in, it just really makes you question what's going on. And that's why I went at them really hard, because the buck stops with the guy on top. Yeah. In his department, between the censorship requests that came from Elvis Chan and the FBI up to the big tech companies and then the attack on the Catholics and others, the two basic tenets of the First Amendment really are in danger, right? The freedom of religion, the freedom of speech. He didn't seem to have any appreciation for those two freedoms. Yes, it seemed to be dodging around it the whole time. This is a big issue for Republicans to win on in 2024, right? Stopping censorship, stopping suppression of religion. You know, people died for this. Millions of people all the way from the Revolutionary War to modern time. I mean, my God, where, where, how can you have that vision? Censorship, one of the worst things in the world. And, and nobody was, they censored things when it was a different opinion. We have emails called the Facebook files between the, the folks at Facebook and the White House telling them what to censor and what not to censor. And they were censoring things like if you had a different opinion on vaccines, if you had a different opinion on the president, or you felt differently about a host of other issues um, that should never be censored. If you were conservative, if you had conservative viewpoints, people literally were censored. Um, You know, it's just shameful and it's awful. We have to save the republic. This is serious stuff. I don't care what opinion you have. You can be very liberal. You can be very conservative. You can be a libertarian, a Republican, a Democrat. But you all have the right to say what you believe. Yeah. No, it's really remarkable. The Hunter Biden case has just renewed a debate that we are continuing to have in this country, that there is an unequal system of justice, a dual system of justice. There wasn't a lot of great answers from the attorney general yesterday about what was going on with the special counsel slash U.S. attorney in Delaware. But the Hunter Biden case seems to be breaking through to everyday Americans now. For the first time, the blockade in the media has broken and people starting to understand he not only got a sweetheart deal, but Joe Biden and him had this operation going where they were making a lot of money on the side from foreigners. Do you think the Hunter Biden treatment, the way he's been treated in the justice system and what we now know he was doing while his father at least was vice president, that that is now becoming something that matters to everyday Americans? Oh, it 
it does matter, and it should matter to everyday Americans. And I know, you know, all the details are complicated, but here's the deal. The real deal, just to, in, in basic language, again, so your listeners understand really what happened with Hunter Biden, a deal that has never been seen before in American jurisprudence, a deal that was never ever brokered for anybody, that not only was he basically going to be exonerated for what he did with tax evasion, millions of dollars, what he did um, falsifying a federal firearms form with somebody else's social security number, being under the influence of alcohol and drugs while he had the firearm, disposing disposing of it in a dumpster. This is unbelievable stuff. I mean, he broke the law in a serious way. And I'm somebody that believes in Second Amendment rights. I'm a gun owner, but man, I obey the law. I mean, everybody should, but not when you're the president's son, not when you're Hunter Biden, man, you don't have to obey the law. They brokered a deal that if anything else was found illegal in the future, he would still be exonerated. He'd still be okay. Well, guess what? We, they didn't think they would encounter an honest judge, and she just couldn't couldn't stand it and said, hey, this doesn't work. I'm not doing it. So now they had to do an indictment. But the interesting thing about it all is the special counsel that they have named, Weiss, is the same person who helped broker the sweetheart deal. So you know he's stuck doing the indictment. Something's going to happen with that, but it's still not going to be fair. I mean, what, when they have, when you have special counsel, it means that you want somebody that's independent, not related to that level of government, not involved with that level of government, who truly is going to look at this and, and uh, you know, evaluate it objectively. Look what John Durham found out. The whole thing they said about Russian collusion about President Trump was a complete lie. Again, I don't mean to keep throwing names out. That was perpetrated by a bad international actor who the FBI paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to by the name of Igor Denchenko. This is like a James Bond movie, man. This is bad stuff. And, and, and this is what's running our country now. It makes me sick to my stomach. I can only imagine. I know you got about a minute left. I just want to ask real quickly the budget situation. What are the next steps to try to get something that everybody can agree on and makes the country better? We've got to knock all our heads together. We've got to make this work uh, as a party. I don't want them to try to say, believe me, they're already measuring the drapes and sizing up the, you know, the, the majority rooms, thinking about who would be uh, the chairman, et cetera, uh, you know, when they believe they're going to take over. We can't let that happen. So even if it's not an exactly perfect deal, I'll tell you what will really be imperfect. If they win the majority and people think we can't lead, then we're really going to be in big trouble because they're going to blow up the budget way more than even now. As it is, we have a $32 trillion deficit. So it's, it's important that we work together, that we be unified that we stand together and we fight together. Yeah, it's such an important moment. And people are looking for leadership, not excuses this time. They want leadership. And that's what a deal will do. Sir, what a great honor to have you on the show. We watched your incredible oversight work. You really showed us what oversight looks like with some of those great inquisition moments where you're really asking the right questions of people. What a great honor to have you on the show today. Thank you. I appreciate it. And remember, all we're asking of them is to tell the truth. Remember the old saying, the truth shall set you free. And we want to be free of this nonsense that's going on. Nonsense is a nice word, but I, I wouldn't say the real word over the radio waves. Yeah, well, you got it right. I think they, uh, most Americans know what that word is. Uh, Sarah, what a great honor to have you on. Thanks so much. Thank you. Take care. All right, we got one more good one to go. My good friend, John Tillman, at the forefront of a lot of the battles over unions, education, culture, politics in America. One of the most learned people I know in the business. He's going to come on and we're going to have a good conversation. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be a good conversation. We'll be right back with John Tillman after these messages. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens 
can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now, get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code JUSTNEWS15. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. Over the last several months, we've had a lot of great discussions on this show, on the TV show at night, about the role that unions as now sort of tools of the far left, not of the everyday working class worker, but of the far left, they're having such profound negative influences on our education system. We're turning out students ill-prepared for the world. And now we're turning out uh, auto workers that are not prepared for the future battle. In fact, one could argue Joe Biden's uh, electric vehicle policies maybe will be putting a lot of of, uh, union workers out of work in Michigan. Joining us uh, as our next guest is John Tillman, the CEO of American Culture Project, a man who's done more, I think, over the last 10 years to highlight how unions have been trapped by the far left and how they're now oftentimes working against the interests of their workers or their constituents and customers like students and auto buyers join John, great to have you back on the show. Well, great to be with you, John. Thanks for having me. Um, you are doing a lot of work to educate the American public that, you know, work union workers are great, but maybe the unions aren't representing their interest. Uh, big case uh, uh, that was won at the U.S. Supreme Court, Janice versus AFSCME back in 2018, I think one of the champion moments of this. But there's a great education moment going on in the country with the auto worker strike, with the teachers unions. Uh, tell us where we are in educating the public about what they should know about unions that they don't currently know. The number one thing they should know is that the 21st century union movement is not the 20th century union movement. What happened in the early part of the 20th century to protect workers from, uh, you know, workplace abuse, that was uh, factual and true as the uh, modern economy started to modernize. Unions played a great role in protecting workers from abuses. What's happening now, though, is that union leadership itself is abusing its own workers and and its own communities because what's happened is that the workers no longer have any control over their relationship with their union, the union bosses do. If you come and join a union, join a workplace and are mandatorily uh, put into the union, you don't have a vote on that. You have no control over that. The last time most union workers got to vote on whether they should be in the union or not was decades ago. Uh, most of the workers that are currently in unions have never voted as to whether they think the union properly serves them. And I think the UAW strike uh, going on here or the way, that, say, in Illinois, the Chicago Teachers Union operates in, in, in terms of destroying our public school system in Chicago are just great examples of that. The UAW represents uh, the big three automakers, and they're at a huge disadvantage in terms of the cost structure compared to Tesla in building electrical vehicles. And what is the union asking the automakers to do? They're asking them to commit economic suicide 
rather than partnering with them to try to figure out how to be more competitive with non-union Tesla. That's the key, right? I mean, Tesla's starting to roll up the market and the traditional automakers uh, aren't keeping up. And these, uh, one of the things that was, this was fascinating. I think it was a congressional research service report that we grabbed a few weeks ago. The number of parts that make a powertrain in uh, an electric car are so far fewer than the parts in a gas combustion car. And as a result, uh, there is predictions that Congress has been provided by its own research service, the CRS, uh, that large tens of thousands of auto jobs are going to be phased out because of the rapid push towards electric vehicles. So the administration that says they're for the auto worker is actually pushing a policy right now with, that could really significantly uh, change the, um, uh, the number of jobs that are available. And I think a place like Michigan could very well move back into a competitive status in 2024. Are workers beginning to realize that the alliance between their unions and Joe Biden maybe not, maybe not have been in their best interest? I think they are beginning to realize it. And I do think this is one of the reasons that uh, the work of y- your work through all the avenues that you have in your media empire, John, as well as the work that I do and many others do is so important to help workers understand that we're pro-worker. We want the worker to have better job security, higher wages over time, and a fulfilling work. What the union is actually suggesting is a policy, 32-hour work weeks, 25 30% pay increases over four years, that will make the employer less competitive. You know, the, UN, the UAW's membership has gone from somewhere right around 1.5 million members in 1970 in a country of about 180 or 90 million people to uh, somewhere under 400,000 today. Why has that happened? It's because the UAW leadership and unions in general have created policies that harm their employers. I'm, I just still can't believe that workers aren't demanding of UAW leadership. Let's find a way to help our employers, our partners, be more competitive with Tesla rather than less competitive. It's a mindset change, and we have to keep driving that point home to the individual workers so that we create, we create a revolution within the unions for change. Yeah, no, it's pretty remarkable. And the rest of the world is taking note. And uh, I, one of the questions that I think, and I, I was just with a group of uh, thought leaders in Michigan, by the way, of all different political persuasions, not just conservative, not just liberal, but there is a fear that Michigan could literally price itself out of the auto industry and that the auto industry will flee to places like Tennessee or Kentucky uh, or Texas where uh, right to work and also just more common sense economic policies are in place. As you look out, is Michigan potentially putting a for sale sign on its long held control over the auto industry? I think they are. And I think actually that's just, that for sale sign probably went on 20 years ago. When you look at the hundreds of thousands of jobs in the Middle South and South right to work, all the growth that happened in the Middle South and South by um, foreign companies that built domestic production, why did they choose those places? Why did Honda, BMW, uh, Toyota, why did they choose those places over the uh, a place where there was a very experienced workforce? Uh, in, in building automobiles in Michigan and Ohio and places like that. Why did they choose the, the Middle South where there was no experienced workforce? They chose it because they knew that there was training available to teach people how to build cars. They could pay them a market rate that made them some of the best people paid in their community and on par with the unionized UAW workers up in Michigan and a better lifestyle. And so, yes, the state of Michigan, unfortunately, with its policies and the UAW with its policies has been slowly committing suicide this is the one where the bleed out might start to go a little faster. Yeah, that's a dynamic. It's really got to be worth watching. And the more we, the more I have been studying it and watching the dynamics, the more there's a red blinking light that Michigan just might not be the auto capital of the world much longer. What I think is interesting about this, though, is the correlation between, you know, I've always said uh, private sector unions, the thing that holds them accountable is if, if their business partner starts to suffer in the marketplace, the workers suffer. And that's what we're talking about here. That's what happened with steel workers. That's what happened across a lot of private industry, which is why private sector unionization is down so much. We're starting to see a version of that is now creeping into the government sector unionization. We had this story that you and I are both familiar with here in Chicago, where one of the top leaders of the Chicago Teachers Union, uh, who once called uh, school choice a racist policy, um, just put her own son in a private school, and she's been on defense ever since, essentially saying, well, that's what's best for my kid. And, of course, the question is, well, isn't that a little bit hypocritical because all the people that are supporting school choice around the country and here in Illinois, we're trying to save our Invest in Kids Act. We have 9,000 kids going to private schools. 
uh, because of this tax credit scholarship program. She wants to kill that program because she can afford to send her own kid to a private school. But the question is, why is that? It's because the Chicago public schools is failing by every single measure. Third graders can't read at grade level. A very small percentage of them do. Very small percentage actually graduate with, um, they brag about higher graduation rates, but they're graduating people who are not uh, able to read, write, or do math. And there's an exodus of uh, black, brown, and white kids from the Chicago public school system in much the same way there's an exodus of those UAW jobs from Michigan to the Middle South. So it's creeping into the government as well as the private sector now. Yeah, no, it is. It is in a very big way. I think there's a fascinating um, contrast. And you wrote, I think, of one of my favorite op-eds of the last several weeks in the Wall Street Journal. Oh, John. Seriously, <laughs> I don't read a lot of opinion, actually. You know, I'm, I just, I'm a news junkie, right? So I don't read a lot of opinion. But every so often, one catches my eyes and you go, ha oh, this is, this is, we're reporting this in the incremental level, but this captures the big picture. Um, Glenn Youngkin is, you know, and a lot of people aren't paying attention to the November 2023 election, but it's so important because... Virginia could go the route of Texas or it could go the route of Illinois. It's in this incredible moment. If Democrats get the Virginia legislature, they're going to literally take it further than Ralph Northam ever took it during his Democratic tenure. If Glenn Youngkin wins, Virginia probably becomes an economic robust state more in the model of a Tennessee, a Virginia or, te- or uh, Tennessee, Florida or Texas. Uh, there is so much at stake in what normally would be a yawner of election. Most Americans wouldn't be thinking about the legislative election in Virginia, but they should be and they are uh, because this has a profound effect on what sort of state Virginia is going to be for the next really quarter century, I think. Tell us a little bit why you why you felt uh, so compelled to write this and really why Virginia is a microcosm battleground of the real uh, um, debate that we're fighting out in America right now. What sort of America we're going to be? Well, I lived in the D.C. area in the early 80s and spent a lot of time in Virginia, and it was it was sort of a magical place back then. It was it was truly a great melding of the American South, the Mid-Atlantic, and uh, people from the North, from Boston, New York, Philly, that all came together and showed what America could be, where everybody came together. And it was a conservative state, both democratically and republic, uh, from a Republican point of view. Yeah, all Doug Wilder would be a perfect example, right? Pro- Exactly. It was very pro-American, very pro-worker, uh, very patriotic. What's happened over the years, as you know, is it's moved a bit left and it's become instead of a red state. You know, it was always kind of a, a blue-red state when it came to state governance because it had both Democrats and Republicans. But the, the, all the influx of Washington, D.C.-based government workers and all the profit from the federal government has changed the northern part of Virginia a little bit. So what's interesting now is a lot of people on the left think of Virginia now as a blue state. But what Youngkin showed is that that state is still gettable and it's still on, a, it's on the tipping point, right? It's at an inflection point. This election is truly the election that can determine that future because – Northam, Governor Northam, uh, when he was in, uh, and had a trifecta control, they controlled the House of Delegates and the Senate. They passed a law that allows teachers unions to now organize and collectively bargain at a local school district level. And the teachers unions are all in and they are doing that and they are already starting to organize and raising the cost of uh, education in places like Fairfax County and Richmond, Virginia and Loudoun County and other places where taxes are already going up to accommodate the collective bargaining demands of the teachers union and performance is already going down where this has happened. This election is about whether that becomes a statewide phenomenon and the state becomes Illinois, like you said earlier, where the unions are the driving force politically. Look at every state where government unions are the controlling major factor in the state's politics. New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, uh, California, Massachusetts, and every one of these places, the most powerful force is the teachers union and government unions in general. Virginia in this election has a chance to prevent that. This is one of the few times you can crystal clear, see the future, and the voters of Virginia have a choice. That's why they, that what's at stake is control of the, uh, the House of Delegates and the Senate. It could go all Republican, could go all Democrat, or it could remain split. Governor Youngkin, obviously, and many others uh, gone all in to try to have Republican control it to roll back that union movement and make sure that kids still are the priority in education and not a teacher's union. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt that that is a, a, a very important test, a fulcrum upon which not only the future of our education system is going to rest, but also the future of our country. The workforce relies on what sort of students we're producing out of the um, school system. The uh, government relies on people 
whether they're going to withhold, uh, understand and embrace the values of Americanism that drove us the first 246 uh, years of our experience. Uh, there's so much riding on this and, and Virginia is the battleground for the next, uh, for the next, uh, uh, victory or loss of the far left in this country. So absolutely fascinating. Real quickly before we go, uh, John, tell us a little bit about why you started the American Culture Project, what it can do on a day to day basis and how people can get involved with it. Uh, they can go to, uh, americanculture.org. Just search americanculture.org and our website will come up. And, uh, and the reason I started American Culture is I, I was a business guy most of my life, sold a business when I was in my 40s, and I, am, I just believe so deeply in the founding principles of this country and the free enterprise system as the greatest force for good ever created to improve the human condition for everyone, but most especially for the poor and disadvantaged. And we don't tell that story very well, and the left is attacking the norms of American culture that have always knitted us together despite our diversity. And they have the, the left has the commanding heights of our American cultural narrative. They control Hollywood, corporate communications, most of government communications, the healthcare system, academia, uh, the academy, and all the rest. And the part that's encouraging to me, that sounds terrible, but actually the part that's encouraging to me is we're still essentially a 50-50 state, a 50-50 country politically. But when you actually survey Democrats and independents, they align with us on America as a virtuous, noble place. They align with us in belief in the free enterprise system. They align with us on the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. We need to do a better job of communicating to the American public the virtue of America, and that's what we're trying to do with American culture. Yeah, it's, a, it's such an important movement. It's interesting. Maybe in the early 2000s when um, the, the sort of George Soros flavor of democratic politics began to rise with the his foundation and others. Uh, people would say to me on in the Democratic Party, my good sources on the Democrat side would say culture is politics. And I go, oh, no, it's not. Culture is culture and politics, politics. But they understood something. They understood something about glamorizing illegal memory, uh, 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 illegal immigration. They knew something about uh, using the power of television and, and movies to uh, talk about gay rights. They understood that the language which that was used in media would dictate what people think. And they understood that the cultural lessons learned in the uh, classroom would change the sort of student we output into the American economy, into the American political system. Uh, and you are one of the very first people I've met on the conservative side that understood that that was really one of the tenets of their warfare plan and also a missed opportunity for conservatives and uh, what you've done over the last several years to fight for a free enterprise system and a system that seems to be stacked against it is really, really that impressive to see. It's, it's pretty, pretty amazing and important thing, I think, for everyone to keep an eye on. Oh, that is very kind of you to say, and it's been a joyful fight. One of the best parts about being in this fight is meeting the great John Solomon, who's doing amazing work in your own right on all of this, John. And it's been wonderful to get to know you and call your friends. We haven't done this uh, often enough. We got to make this a regular. Have you come on the show? It's such a great honor to have you on. And you're you I mean, when you're when you're cracking the Wall Street Journal and people all over the country are reading it, you know you've you've brought some thought leadership to an issue. And I've heard uh, of this, you know, the Virginia op-ed from so many different people over the last several days. And uh, it's a really great sign that um, people are paying attention to all you're doing, John. Really great. Great to have you on the show. And we'll get you back. We won't make you a stranger. Get you back real soon. Sounds great. Thanks, John. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. All right. So remember, if you want to try one of the EnviroCleanse air purifiers that have really changed my life, made me breathe better, feel better, feel stronger, not have the vertigo and the congestion that I've had for about 10 years since being in the Washington, D.C. area, go get an EnviroCleanse purifier, air purifier today. How do you do that? ekpure.com ekpure.com slash just news or use the just news promo code at the end of the checkout either way you're going to get 10% off free fast shipping and an air monitor that's going to allow you to see the changes in your air environment once you start running one of the great enviro cleanse air purifiers which by the way the navy trust hospitals trust so many people using them they kill germs they capture dust they get rid of all of the chemicals or most of all of the chemicals that irritate sinuses allergies it's been a game changer for me. I say that very sincerely. Go check them out today and say thank you for supporting John Solomon, Just the News, and our great enterprise here. They're a great partner. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Thanks for tuning in. A big thank you to our guests, Marjorie Taylor Green, Jeff Andrew, and John Tillman. Great conversations today. We'll be back with more tomorrow, including 
one of the major players in the upcoming impeachment. We'll have that tomorrow. Until then, have a good night and God bless you. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash just news. That's tnusa.com slash just news. Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family.